0: Good morning. good morning. It's good to be among you. It's always a treat to come up to Vandalia. I think the eldership up here always tries to see if I can hit a curve. The topic that we have this morning is one I hope you don't have to deal with. But people will be people. People will be people. And I want you to understand that I do not speak for the eldership here. I'm not even sure I speak for the eldership at Smart Road. We'd have to have Gerald down here and have him correct me as he usually would. But I have talked with, uh, with Charles, and I think Charles talked to Greg, and I think we're pretty close. So if you see Charles over there doing this, we're going we're gonna to get out early. <laughs> I want you to know I'm just a little bothered this morning. Can you hear me if I'm over here? Can you hear me if I'm over here? Okay, good. I don't stay behind that very well. I, uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little bothered. I'm in withdrawal. I'm in withdrawal this morning. At Smart Road, and I'm not doing a David thing where we're counting people, but at Smart Road we have 24 kids under the age of 10. And before church and often after church, most of them come and give me a hug. I haven't gotten any of those this morning. I got hugs from some wonderful people. I think I got seven or eight hugs this morning. It's pretty cool. But uh, that's special, isn't it? To see the next generation coming on and to see all those kids and and they'll come up and hug you and and show you their appreciation for you. (coughs) There's one in particular. Cute little blonde gal. Blue eyes. Absolutely adorable. She'll come up and she'll look up at me raise her arms up and she'll say, Papa? I picked that one up pretty fast. (laughs) (laughs) That's a special thing, isn't it? Those of you that have enjoyed that kind of relationship, to have someone call you Papa. To have someone miss you. I'm missing that this morning. I'm missing all those hugs. I'm missing that one. I tell you what, we have a second one that's already here. Vivian Opal. Isn't that pretty? Opal was my my grandmother's name. One of my favorite people in all the years. So I was thrilled to death to have Opal. Let's see, we're going to go to 20 after. Is that right? All right. Charles, wave your arm when I get to to that alarm. Opal was one of my favorite people. Lovely person, and I was just thankful that my daughter was willing, and son-in-law, I think Zach allowed it, uh, to, to use that name, Opal. But you know what? Just because she has my grandmother's name does not guarantee me a relationship with her. Does it? Have you seen family relationships break down to where the parents and the kids don't talk? Or there's a distance between the parents and the grandparents? Have you ever seen that before? Can that happen? Really? So, do relationships take work? tell you that I have a concerted effort going. I want to make sure that when Vivian Opal turns 10, she calls me Popeye. And she loves me. And she wants to spend time with me. And when I'm not there, she misses me. That's what I want. That's what I want. And I have to set aside things that I want to do. Right? I've been spending all my life running back and forth to downtown Kansas City, bringing dollars home. But priorities change. And you think about those relationships. You think about the family. And you think, what what could I do different? How can I deepen this relationship? That's important. How can I deepen a relationship? You know, when uh, when Vivian came... We were all anxious to see her, you know, and you go in and, and Cassie's feet are okay, so that's the first thing, you know, make sure mom's all right, right? And then you look at her. Oh, whose nose is that? Oh, I think she got my dad's ears, poor kid. <laughs> I think she does. But, but you look at all the family traits, right? Whose feet those, all that stuff, right, mom's? I never could do any of that. I, I got the ears, I think, right. But the rest of it, I I don't know. But you watch, and you look for those personality traits. You, you look for the genes to kick in. That's why I feel sorry for both of those kids. They've got my genes. So, keep them in your prayers as they go along. <laughs> but there are family traits that we look at. There are genes. There are things that are passed on. The name means something, doesn't it? When I got here this morning, I expected something. And it came true. It always has come true. There's a brother here that comes and hugs me. Sometimes he'll kiss me. Tell me that he loves me. That makes my trip to Vandalia special. That's, That's a relationship God would have. That's the way it works, kids. That's the way it works. You focus on the relationship, to make the relationship what it ought to be. You deepen the relationship. You have to set aside your own priorities. You have to, you have to do something, not for yourself. Do it for them, and that comes back to you, right? There's a reciprocity there. Right? What would happen if I went down to the local high V? You guys have high Vs, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stay with me now. <laughs> What happens if I go down to the local IV and I see a cute little blonde-haired kid with a little blue bow in it and she's got blue eyes and I pick her up and kiss her, what's going to happen? is going to be bailing me out. <laughs> what happens if I find a, 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 an old gentleman and I walk up to him, I kiss him on the cheek? And, uh, what's What's going to happen? Today you might ask me for my phone number. <laughs> right? You see how it works in the church, and you see how it works outside of the church. I want you to think about something real, real quickly here, and I know this is hard, especially for you guys over in here. It's nice to have y'all sitting together. That's convenient. <laughs> You know what a fascist state is? You heard of a fascist state before? Uh, a guy named uh, Hitler, I think, tried to put one of those in place. Yeah. What was the state of religion in a fascist state? Is not the state of the religion, right? In fact, outlawed. In fact, people died. In fact, it was illegal. Now, if it was illegal for us to be together this morning. If it was illegal for me to be here, if it was illegal for you to have left your house and come to this assembly, what kind of relationship would you and I have when we arrived? I trust you to not tell the authorities. You trust me to not tell the authorities. And when we come together, it's a special event, isn't it? Would we come together? Absolutely. Forsake not the assembly. Even when it's hard to assemble. What kind of relationship does that develop? We are the family of God. The great I am. When you say the last name Techmeyer... You think about traits. You think about people. You might think about my dad. You might think about his loud voice. You might, you might think about Drew, which is very similar, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that or not, but that, that apple didn't fall too far from the tree. We might think about Romans 8, and we're in the image of Christ. We might think about Romans 12 and how we're to treat each other. What does the family of God look like? What are those family traits? What love should come from us? How should we treat one another? Should we miss one another? This is what blows my mind when somebody comes up to me. Do I have to come on Wednesday night? (laughs) When my mom threw out a meal, I was there. It was important for me. Not only the the food, but just to be with the family. It's a warm feeling. It's a wonderful feeling, right? What a blessing. I know raising our kids, we would, uh, the kids would bring um, school friends over to our house and we'd sit down for dinner and they'd kind of look at each other and go, what's this? A meal where you actually sit around a table and you converse and you talk? You don't act like you like each other. Shouldn't it be McDonald's pass Do you bear the family traits? Are you working on those relationships? Are you deepening the relationships? When you're gone, do people miss you? You know, I'm adopted into this family. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be called a son. And I'm thankful for that. And so I need to stay humble. And I need to be looking out for my brother. And I need to look, be looking out for the other person that's just like me. That needs salvation. How long is eternity? Young people think about that. How long is eternity? And how important is it what we're doing this morning? Getting our batteries charged. Thinking about important things. First John 1 and 3 says, That which we have seen and have heard and declared unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son. Jesus Christ, what a blessing. I'm not worthy of that fellowship. I'm not worthy of that relationship. He goes on in the sixth verse, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in the darkness, we lie. We lie. And the truth is not in us. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. What a wonderful state. I've been cleansed from my sins. And I can tell you, I, I among all sinners, I'm, I'm the best at it. I'm very good. I think I'm better than Paul. And he said he was the best in his day. But I needed that cleansing power. I need this family. I need your fellowship. You help me walk. Because it seems like some days it's a long walk. And there's places where I trip. i got problems. Fellowship. As it's often used in the scriptures. I'm not very good at Greek. I didn't study it. So I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But it means a partnership. Participation in. And communion. Did you know fellowship means communion? When you come together and you're hugging each other, do you feel like you're in communion? It's exactly, that's exactly where you are. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. 1 Corinthians 5. Our topic this morning, out of socket. I don't know where these guys come up with this. (laughs) I don't know. Two or three Dr. Peppers. and uh... (laughs) Out of socket. Our topic is actually disfellowship. It's impossible to disfellowship if you don't have fellowship in the first place. (coughs) Does that make sense to you? It's impossible to disfellowship if you don't have fellowship. Time to turn a page. You know, it's it's it, uh boy, sure good to see you. It it's just, just to see it done right, to see it done for so long. It's just encouraging for us kids. Thank you very much. But let's say I was just a casual member of a congregation. Let's say that I came, you know, Sunday morning, and let's say I knew the names of most of the people. But I got my own thing going, and you know, I've given my two-hour check-off, or some cases, one-hour check-off, right? And I've done it. Thank you, Lord, and I'm on my way. And let's describe that relationship as a scale of one to ten. Let's describe that as a two. Within any congregation, there's twos, and there's fours, and there's sixes, right? There's some tens. When we think about this and we don't like thinking about that, I don't like thinking about it, but it is something that we've been assigned to think about this morning and look at what the scriptures say about it, and I can tell you right now, we're not going to get to all the passages, and we're not going to come to any kind of conclusion. Okay? Ow. just going to give you something, something to mull over. You need to study and show yourself approved unto God. This is one that you need to decide. But let's say we've got people that are sitting on a relationship of about a six. That's fairly comfortable. And then we have somebody in our congregation that has sinned. And they're telling me I need to change my relationship with that person. Now, if my relationship is a six, I've got to go down, right? I've got to change something. Something has to drop. Something has to be removed from what we had before, right? So if my relationship was a 6, i got to take it to a 4 and figure out what that is. If my relationship's a 10, I can go to an 8 or a 7 and we can deal with that, right? But what if my relationship's a 2? Where do I go? Can you see the difficulty here? When we start thinking about disfellowship, we first have to think about fellowship. We first have to see if the body's functioning properly in the first place. If there was good fellowship, if the body was functioning properly, if the people were close, does that reduce the probability of disfellowship? Corinth must have been a terrible place to live if you were a Christian. If you weren't a Christian, it was probably the funnest place on earth. Las Vegas times 20. I've been to Las Vegas, not going back. Don't have much interest there. Venus, you know, the worship of Venus. That went on there. Thousands of prostitutes would come down from the temple. And that's how they made their money, by the way. And they felt like that that was a service to their God. That they would offer their bodies and in some cases people would pay up to 10,000 drachmas. I guess that's a lot. And the whole point was that we would take this money back and Venus would appreciate that somebody was getting wealthy. What a place to live. This was expected. This was the lifestyle. If you didn't do it, you were looked down on. So what would it have been like to have been a Christian in that town? Difficult. Difficult. It was actually reported that there is sexual immaturity among you. Well, wait now. In Corinth, that's just the way it goes. And it was actually reported. Now, Paul's not at Corinth when he's writing this, is he? No. No. So Paul heard about it. So what we have is sexual immorality that's heard about and is so common that it's reported. It's commonly known. So when we think about this fellowship, remember this. It's commonly known. I don't know how you see this, but when Gerald and I have to wrestle over issues, we, uh, we first try to figure out who's involved and who knows. If somebody, like we all do, if, if somebody has sin in their lives and they come to you, and this this happens. Oh this happens. People come to you and I've sinned and I, I just I, I, I can't get out of this. I got to figure out how I can change my life. Can you help me? Well, the first thing we need to do is drag you up in front of the congregation and have you explain that to everybody. Now, who's that help? You got so many people out there that are shocked. People that are sitting on number two relationships that can't handle something like that, and all of a sudden they're having problems. So I, I kind of we we kind of characterize it as, as private sin and public sin. Does that make sense? I know it's simple, but hey, it's the ownership of Smart Rug. We try we try to simplify things if we can. So so we would work with that individual and help them. And maybe go touch a couple of other people that might be aware and work with them. But to bring it before the congregation, absolutely serves no purpose at all. In fact, it's detrimental to the body, in my estimation. But it's actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you. This is a very common, well-known issue. Such immorality is not even mentioned among the Gentiles, right? So this thing and we have some inclination a man has his father's wife, right? We have some inclination of what the sin is, but that's not the important thing. But it's public. And it's it's so hideous that even the Gentiles hadn't thought of it yet. So that's pretty bad. So we've got a very public sin that's detestable. And the congregation's response? They're puffed up. Now, how can you be puffed up about that? How can you be? Come on, think about this. Especially today, more than any other time in my life, people be puffed up about silly things. Well, we accept these people, and we accept these people, and what's wrong with you that you can't accept? We're bigger than you because we're more inclusive. Can you see where America might be? is Corinth far away that's where they were they were inclusive what's Paul think about that I've already ruled on this it's wrong let's let's get back to let's get back to square one God is perfect I'm in his son's image I need to be thus. It's a progressive thought, isn't it? We can build on that. If God is perfect, I'm His Son and I'm to be like Him, then what follows? So the congregation thought they were doing a good thing. Paul said they should have been in mourning. When do you mourn? Primarily, when do you mourn? Yeah, yeah. And isn't that what's already happened? You see, the problem here is it's not my church. It's not these guys' church. It's not this guy's church. Whose church is it? It's God's church. Who adds to the church? The eldership. That's not surprising, is it? Now, when you come and place membership, you talk to the elders, right? But who adds to the church? Acts chapter 2. The Lord. And the Lord had already ruled. What's happening is the church needs to catch up with what God's already decided. There's your challenge. There's your challenge. Because it's not our church. God's made decisions. God's ruled. There's no gray area here. In God's mind, you're either His or you're not. God had already decided and had told them through Paul, you're out of line. And we can look at the seven churches of Asia and see how far that can go, right? It's reported. You're puffed up about it. You should be sorrowful about it. I indeed am absent in body, but present in spirit and have already judged in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice that in verse 4. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why does he put that there? Is it by the authority of the eldership that this is decided? Is it by the the, the authority of, of the congregation and we vote? It's by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Is it not His bride? Did He not die for it? And are we not trying to be His? Deliver such a one to Satan for destruction of the flesh. Boy, it's all over the map on this one when you begin to read people. Commentaries just love that. They get crazy. If you're the for me or against me, let, let's let's make another progressive thought here, okay? If you belong to God, you're saved. If you don't belong to God, what are you? Lost. And in whose kingdom? The kingdom of Satan. Delivering to Satan. How hard is that? In other words, how are we doing? In other words, you know that warm, fuzzy relationship? Now if I'm sitting on a 10 and I'm going to deliver this person to Satan, I can move that to a 6. I can move that to a 5. And that's going to be effective. What's the goal? Yeah, 2 Corinthians second chapter. What's the goal? Restoration. Bring him back. And that's exactly what happened here. Bring him back. So if I never talk to you again, if I see you in the store and I go the other direction... If I talk about you to all your friends, what a terrible person you are. And every time I'm before the congregation, I have to mention that he's not doing any better. And I seem pleased about it. Is that going to lead to restoration? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm going to turn a page. The part about leaven we really need to understand. 1 Corinthians 5th chapter, the 6th verse Your glory is not good. Don't glory in this freedom that you found. Boy, people and their freedoms. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens a whole lump? Now, in the Bible, typically leaven is that a good thing or a bad thing? Typically. Typically not good. There are exceptions, but typically. And I think here, it's awful. Now, see what Paul's addressing here is. Guess what? Within your congregation, you got some people that are impressionable. In fact, a hundred percent of the membership. Some of them a little more than others. But if you've got a fella sitting over here That's engaged in sin, and it's commonly known, and it's as bad as anything the Gentiles can come up with, those outside the church, i.e., Satan's team. Right? And the congregation seems to be embracing that. What's this fellow over here going to conclude? That may not be standing on very solid foundation. What's it going to conclude? Okay for him. Okay for him. That's the yeast. That's the leaven. That spreads. It's like wildfire. Quick. <coughs> As I understand it, before observing the Passover, they were to move the leaven east from their homes. In fact, I, in my reading, I don't know, Lewis can tell us if this is true or not, I'm sure, but spring house cleaning, spring, have you guys heard of that? Do they do that in Iowa Spring house cleaning? Actually, actually comes from the, the, the scrubbing and, and the ritual removal Of yeast from the Jewish home Before the Passover They would look high and low And it was a ritual that they went through To make sure that the yeast was gone Removed. We got to have a spring house cleaning We got to watch for those kinds of things Because that kind of yeast Can bring us to certain doom and can affect the young, the impressionable, those that aren't standing, those that aren't mature in the Lord yet. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. But I write, but I, but now I've written you, not to keep company with anyone named a brother, who is sexually immoral, covetous, idolater, rivaler, drunkard, extortioner. Not even to eat with this person. Notice the condition here with a brother. This is a person that you have embraced. This is a person that's a part of the family. This is a person that has confessed the Lord. This is a person that has been immersed into his Savior. This is a person that has made a decision. By the way, no decision is a decision. Not to keep company. Company here in the Greek means a very close union. To intensely mingle. That's the word that Paul chose. Don't intensely mingle. In other words, back it off. This person needs to miss you. Can you see why the relationship now is so important? If the relationship didn't exist before, what are you going to change? If the relationship is deep, I miss Abigail this morning, I miss Vivian this morning. Those are things that I like, that I need, that I want. If you have that kind of relationship with your brother or your sister and you change it to where it's not so warm, they'll be able to tell. And they'll get the message. There's so many more passages that we need to work through. That word eat there, that's the one that people think about, and I know it's all over the map, I know of some that if they were sitting in McDonald's and a brother that had been withdrawn from walked into McDonald's, they felt like they couldn't eat there. In my mind, that's a bit extreme, but you need to decide that. Here's what I would suggest. Should this be necessary and we're out of time? The word eat here starts with s u n which means close which means unique there are several there are three different eats that are worked used in the New Testament two of them have to do with simply eating Jesus simply ate take no thought of what you should eat that's eating that's right that's not what this is that's not what this is In my understanding a meal In the New Testament, imagine the Last Supper, a very special time. They didn't have refrigerators, so it took a long time to put a meal together, and it was an event, a very special event. That brother would not be invited to that meal so that they would see the difference. What you had was great, this is the only way to live this is eternal life hanging in the balance and what God says we're acting on you're outside you're on Satan's team now but we don't want that communication is important how do you bring somebody back if you don't communicate with them how do you bring them back if you don't love them 2 Thessalonians, 3rd chapter, the 14th verse. If anyone does not obey the word of this epistle, note that person. Don't keep company with him. Again, very close, tight, intense relationship. But admonish him. Don't count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Praise the Lord, I've seen this work. Because what's at stake? Well, first and foremost, the health of the congregation is at stake. Because if Jesus comes and removes the lampstand, what do you got? Okay? So we got to play it by His rules. It's His body. Secondly, the, the health of the congregation, the young. You have to be careful. Watch the flock. Paul told the elders of Ephesus, even among you, terrible thought. And thirdly, and not less important, but the very soul of the person that you're working with. The soul has to make a change. Brethren, we have to change. We have to be sanctified. We do have to identify things that are in our lives and change them that are wrong. You're being prepared as a vessel of honor. To carry something in heaven. I don't know. I've got work to do up there. And the only way I can do it is if I look like his son. And that's all we're saying. You need to change. Here's the scripture. Study it. Read it for yourself. Identify it within your life. If you don't change, here's what happens. Let me say this. What I don't see is if somebody's already changed their mind. If somebody's already left. Do I need to disfellowship that person? Here's a thought. He's already done it. Right? Why write him? A, why, why drag the congregation through? Why, why do all that? He's disfellowshipped you. He's already made the decision. Somebody moves to another state and decides they're not going to assemble with you anymore. What do you do? Encourage them to find a congregation, right? Somebody moves to another state, I'm and they don't love the Lord anymore. And they can have. They can make that choice. They can choose to be eternally damned if they want to. Right? I've actually heard people say that. If heaven is singing praises around God's throne, I want nothing to do with it. I've heard that said. Isn't that crazy? But that's where people's faith is. There's not zero. They don't believe. And you can actually people actually go there in that case. Encourage them. Try to encourage them to see it. But this fellowship, I don't think it's. True. fellowship. Closeness of the body. Think about your own congregations. Think about people you don't know very well and fix it. Get close. Strengthen each other. It's a short run. It's a short run. And let's pray that we don't have to use the God has given us the hand of those people that are outside. <laughs>